Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series for 2021, Banking in Transition. I'm David Robinson, online editor at The Banker, and today I'm speaking with Sam Eastwood and Chris Chapman from the law firm Mayer Bram. Sam and Chris, welcome. Hello, David. Hello. Good to see you. Today, we are talking about money laundering and how global efforts to address it are developing. The release of the FinCEN files last year, highlighting how criminals have been able to move millions of dollars around the world via a raft of leading banks, seems to have emboldened authorities' efforts to get on top of the issue. Just to give two examples, the US government introduced a new anti-money laundering whistleblower reward program in December, which could have real effect. Belgian banks, I know, are setting up a platform to exchange information about suspect transactions. The issues around compliance and how banks can ensure their systems are up to scratch seems more pertinent than ever. Now, today we're going to start by looking at the United Arab Emirates, particularly interesting because the UAE has had its fair share of criticism over the issue of illicit finance in the past. One leading US think tank recently called Dubai a haven for money laundering. I know watchdogs have called for fundamental improvements to its anti-money laundering systems, but the situation in the UAE may be changing. Sam, perhaps I can bring you in here. In January, the UAE central bank fined 11 banks operating in the country, 12.5 million US, over their failure to tackle money laundering. Does this represent something of a new era in the UAE? I think possibly. Um, and I think there are signs of, of change which go back beyond January 2021. So, so I mean, the penalties we're talking about were based on the bank's failures to conform to required compliance as at the end of 2019. Um, and they were all put on notice uh, in the middle of 2019 that they were going to be assessed, that there was going to be a review. I think you could say that that's probably not long enough. Uh, to to review and implement change, but nevertheless, they were warned. Um, the fines themselves were levied pursuant to relatively new legislation, I think it was 2018, um, and followed a, a FATF report, which had been um, very critical of the UAE. Um, so in a sense, I think there were there were signs leading up to this penalty. Um, the penalty itself, some might say, is, is, is not particularly significant, um, but actually it is a start. And, and, and the steps that those banks have got to take to remediate will be extensive uh, and expensive. I was just going to add slightly to that. I, I think the UAE is an interesting jurisdiction because it, it, within its financial free zone, it actually has quite a modern and sophisticated regulator and regulatory system. But this is quite a good illustration. You know, you have different pockets of regulation, different regulators within a jurisdiction. And also sometimes the more important thing is not having the regulatory framework in place, but the policy and approach that's taken by regulators. And I think they've said that this is a, this is a, a, a deliberate attempt to try and crack down on financial crime. And, and sometimes it's that sort of policy focus that's the most important. Yeah. And this is part of um, a bigger change uh, global fight against money laundering. Um, perhaps we can break the world down a little bit as to how it's changing and of course touch on what this means for banks. That's quite a big question. I don't know which of you would like to take that one. Well I'll pick up and then and then Chris will chip in. I mean it's a big question. I think there is much more coordination between countries. There's much more pressure on non-performing countries. I suppose there's a better 
sense of what best practice is and there's more of a focus on on introducing best practice i, I would highlight the uh, eu initiative that was um uh, published in june last year uh, as an example of, of of some of those forces so they issued an action plan um uh, which um looked at much more effective application of eu rules so within europe uh, more consistency more standardization um eu level supervision which i think is interesting so currently it's up to each member state to individually supervise eu rules but the commission has proposed to set up an eu level supervisor much more coordination within europe which is a sort of a familiar theme so sharing of financial intelligence uh, better enforcement um, and work much more closely with the Financial Action Task Force. And, and in that context, um, um, they've reissued a blacklist. Notably, UAE are not on the blacklist, um, but the impact of that uh, will resonate beyond the EU. Just on the role of banks, Sam, I think it is really important when you're thinking about controlling financial crime and money laundering globally, that there has been for some time an increasing reliance on banks to police that on behalf of regulators. So I think regulators have realized a long time ago that there are jurisdictions and areas of the market that is really difficult to regulate. But if they can um, control the banks, uh, then they can control and monitor the money flow. So a lot of the enforcement actions that have been seen recently are less to do with um, financial crime occurring within banks themselves and more to do with failures to monitor for and spot and report financial crime to regulators. And that's really the role banks are now playing in financial crime that you know, they are relied on by regulators to do the policing for them. And that's really significant and is exposing banks to you know, increasing risk uh, and increasing responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, back back to Europe. I mean, the sixth money laundering directive introduces a, a corporate offence of failing to prevent money laundering. Um, that does raise the stakes. I suppose the key thing that that's, we need to look at in 2021, banks are already doing many things, but um, what are they not doing that they need to start doing to try and stay on top of this issue? Because the onus falls on them more than ever. I think part of it is embracing the fact that there's going to be increasing regulation and increasing enforcement in this area and actually um, appreciating the business reasons why it's important to get this right. So we, we talked, we began, I think, with the differences maybe between different jurisdictions. You know, we talked about Dubai, um, uh, you know, different jurisdictions have different standards. Uh, but increasingly, if you want to do business internationally, you need to meet the higher standards. You know, the US is a good example. The US and the UK probably have some of the strictest regulations in this area. And it's no good sitting in a lightly regulated jurisdiction and thinking you only need to comply with your jurisdiction's requirements. Because the reality is, if you want to do business internationally, you're at risk of enforcement by US regulators for not complying with US standards. And I think there's an increasing appreciation that if you get your systems and controls in this area right, you can compete internationally much better. You can do it with more confidence in more jurisdictions. You can partner up with more people. You can move more swiftly on making decisions. 
And, and I think there are real business advantages, not just regulatory requirements, but, but commercial advantages to having good systems and controls dealing with financial crime. And I think, I think banks and other financial institutions are increasingly realising that. We talked about the fines. Um, they seem to be more more commonplace. Um, is this something we're going to see a lot more of in the future? And is this really going to start stinging some banks as it becomes more of a of a hot issue? You could have asked us that question last year and the year before and the year before mm. that. And I think the answer would be the same. Um, so more fines, certainly. But the, the, the pain or the pressure is, is beyond fines. Um, I mean, there are reputational issues. Uh, there are the costs of remediation. Um, and so, so yes, no, the stakes are high, um, the risks are high, and I think the rewards, picking up on Chris's point, the rewards of actually adopting best practice in this competitive environment can be, can be significant long term. And Sam, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to see the trend of higher fines and higher regulation reversing. I mean, it's quite interesting now with Brexit, you know, there's maybe some talk out there of, um, of lighter regulation, but it, it, this has been a trend that's been going on for a while now, and it's global it is quite difficult to see that it's going to stop you know it does look like we're just going to get increasing regulation and stricter enforcement and that's going to continue for a while just finally over the last decade or so we've seen banks really try to tackle the issue of money laundering and then every couple of years or so a scandal blows up um in 10 years time with what's happening now might we see more or less the back of the issue as a big global problem it's difficult to say. I do think there's been a transformation in some Western jurisdictions, you know, UK, US, Europe. I think some of the big banks really have got that they need to have zero tolerance in this area and are trying their best. Um, it's still really difficult. It is still really difficult to police. So you still see fines of those banks. But other fines we're seeing are like the UAE, where you're seeing different jurisdictions realize actually we would like to move up to these globalized standards and the thing i wonder is whether if in 10 years you know everyone really has raised their game to a different level and there's not so many pockets of lower standards you know maybe it, it will be quite a different world but it'll be some time before you know, fine stop in emerging markets and also sometime before they stop in, in big sophisticated markets just because of the, the difficult difficulty, the difficult task that um, financial institutions have. I mean, my, my tough and safety, I mean, the world will be very different in 10 years time on a whole range of fronts, um, but there'll still be financial crime. Um, I, I think I'd also say, David, that uh, uh, banks shouldn't lose sight of, of new and emerging risks. Um, I mean, AML is, is, is a really important point of focus, but one of the subjects I'd like to talk to you about on, a, on another occasion, certainly, is, is business and human rights and how, how banks address that and how they have to re-engineer some of their procedures around money laundering and other compliance measures to address that new risk. Um, that merits probably another, another discussion. I shall take you up on that offer. Um, Sam and Chris, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, the issue of money laundering is something we will continue monitoring closely on The Banker. And do keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast. And follow our discussions at thebanker.com podcasts.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.